0: Coming up this week, off-screen. John David Washington is the Black Klansman. Mila Kunis and
1: Kate McKinnon face the spy who dumped me. We get musical one note at a time. Take a ride with the king. Follow the Bally Murphy precedents. And meet a bad Samaritan. Almost coming more
0: off-screen.
1: This is This is Off-Screen. Off-screen. latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Conner. And I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, we're back. We've had a week away. Well, yeah, we have. Lots yeah, of stuff wow. in the film world's been, been going on. Mm. And uh, but, did, did we finish just when they announced the new Ridiculous Oscar? Is that what We uh, we ended there, didn't we? Before we, we, well- we, <laughs> we spoke about that. That was our last, like... Big piece of news and um, people still don't like it. People still don't like it. They've still not bothered giving us any guidelines. We don't know what outstanding achievement in uh popular popular film or popular cinema is. Yeah, that's that's what it's still called. It should just
0: be like Outstanding Running by a Tom Cruise and a Tom
1: Cruise film. I have just ordered, by the way, I think you'll approve of this, I've just ordered a t-shirt. Hmm. It says for your consideration, then it's got the logo for the Meg, and then it's for Outstanding Achievement in Popular Cinema. Oh, so yes. I, I thought you might appreciate it. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you're totally going to wear that in, in February.
1: When, oh, when I absolutely Oscar am. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. I'm wearing that to every press show I go yeah. to forever now. If you ever meet... Steve. Oh, God, God five wear. I'm wearing that, you best believe. Yeah. Well You can have any film you want putting it, though. That's the part I love. In, in the oh, st-shirt. so you can have a bunch. You can have a bunch of them. So if you want to have, uh, I mean, because I looked at it initially for Geostorm, but that was last year, so it wasn't, it wasn't quite oh, as yeah. funny. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's,
0: let's see what else Joe Butler's got
1: in, in the pipe.
0: Hunter Killer. Yeah. Hunter Killer. For Outstanding Achievement in... Uh, Den, um, Den of Thieves. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. I mean, Den
1: of Thieves could work. Den of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah,
0: so you uh, can have those shirts made subscribe. I, Um, I think we should have a category that is like best half an hour a really, really good film and a really terrible film. And that could go to Den of Thieves.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, but A bit of housekeeping. We're going to cover this one because we are usually the on-screen radio show and podcast. We are now the movie marker radio show and podcast. On-screen and movie marker have of, of Merge, you see. Uh-huh. So it, they're cool though. They're cool. I've worked with them for a few years. They're all good guys. So it's just, <laughs> uh, they, they are, they are the, the oh, apple. Oh, look at that big sack of money. Yes. Oh, they, hi, they, they are the apple money. that has swallowed our Shazam. You see, that's where it is. <laughs> if we're going with we're going with this week's business news, are we? So, are, we are we Shazam? No, we'd be Shazam in that equation, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. God, are we, you Shazam so much? Do you? Yeah. Well, it's going to be part of Apple now, so get used to it. Is, is it everything? Yep, well, yeah, well, that's the thing, is when you use I mean, them, it gives you the option to play in Apple Music, so I kind of like Yeah, well, I, I, I uh, get a little Spotify thing saying, so yeah,
0: I'd you see your Spotify tracks. Oh, yeah.
1: No, fair, fair. Okay, so uh, podcast edition, we've got to plug that. So if you want the extended edition of this show, uh, which includes all the stuff after the end credits, uh, and of course, a Moment of Cage, I've got a lovely one for you this week, Mr. Allen, mm. because I recently rewatched uh, National Treasure Book of Secrets. So oh. I've, I've picked a few gems. Where stored. is my third film? I have news on that. I have news on that. Let me just say, podcast edition on Acast, iTunes, Deezer, pick podcast platform of choice. Uh, It's all out there for you to find. Just download. Uh, This, by the way, Mr. Allen, is Mm. our 150th show together. Is it really? It really is.
0: Where is is my cake? (laughs) Where's my
1: cake? Technically speaking, I've done more of these than you. Yeah. Yeah, but
0: before this show was a thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you've had weeks off. I have had weeks off. Oh, yeah. oh, you've, you've, you've been a constant. I hold the fort. That's yeah, it. I am. I am the Gillian Anderson of this series. That's <laughs> what that is. If 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 I'm if I'm Dukovny, that's fine. <laughs> if I have to get a
0: really bit of divorce from Taylor so be it. Are they divorced?
1: Yeah. Oh man, I was, I was explaining Samuel. the history of uh, David Dukovny the other day to someone. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, that sounds so random. No, I was <laughs> I was just we were having a conversation about the career path of uh, David Dukovny. I forgot you were his biographer. You, were, you? Yeah. Do you know what? I own a David Dukovny biography, and I make no apologies. Okay, that is genuinely a thing. Is that what it's called as well? I make no apologies. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's actually what they should call, what Schwarzenegger should have called his biography. Uh, Have you ever read Total Recall? No, I should. Right, I mean, Total Recall. I mean, yeah. The first half of Total Recall is an absolutely terrific read about, you know, it's it, you know Schwarzenegger's story told by Schwarzenegger presumably to a ghostwriter, mm. Um And because I'm sorry, there is no way in hell Schwarzenegger is that good a writer. He mm. um, tells his story really well, you know, from the early days and the stuff in there, like the uh, pumping iron mm. era, where just like, and he he's he's really blunt and really raw about it. Yeah. But then about how, just over half halfway through the book uh, is when in reality he got caught out with the maid and he had the secret kid and his marriage instantly dissolved and it's very obvious that that happened because all of a sudden the story and the tone of the book changes and the last sort of third or half of Total Recall is a prolonged apology it's really agonizing and awkward to sit through but Hmm. uh, until then though amazing read until then until then, until it gets to the point where he got caught caught out, you know, by his missus in reality, until then, it's a terrific read. Really good. His that's, store... that's, that's what you want from a book, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is
0: great. Oh, no, it's
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> so read it, but stop halfway through. Anyway, yeah. um, it's it, 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 no, no Duchovny bio, biography, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, we should, we should make a list of our favourite
0: film. Film biographies. Yeah. Yeah. Film, film Bioworks. Yeah. Film, film Bioworks. Uh, ooh. Right. I have got an amazing book that's technically not a book and it's not a biography, but it is. Okay. A John Travolta annual. What? From like the seventies. But oh. I found in a closing down bookshop and you, I bought it for 10... It's, it's, I'll, I will go down and get it. I think I've seen it. this. I think I've seen this. Is this not in the baby's room?
1: I it's, think it's I saw this note just movie.
0: outside. It's in like one of the bookcases. I did it's, see it. It's Walter. incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like 1978
1: John Travolta annual. You see, I can't resist well, buying good. like really old, made for British audiences Marvel annuals because oh, they yeah, they're terrible. They're, yeah, they're but great. Uh, yeah. So, should we have our first review of the week? And it's a pretty, pretty decent one. It's a pretty decent film, I'm, mm. I'm happy to say. And what is it? Okay, it is The Spy Who Dumped Me. You can't have missed this one on the advertising. It has actually been decently marketed, I think, this one, mm. for a relatively low-budget yes, Uh, female targeted comedy, they've actually bothered to put a decent amount of uh, marketing into it. Uh, So this is uh, from uh, director and co-writer Susanna Fogel, who I'm not sure, I'm actually not sure about her body of work prior to this. Um, It stars Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. They are a pair of uh, best friends. Oh, by the way, they're meant to be 30. This comes up in the film that Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon are meant to be 30 years old. Yeah, your furrowed brow says an awful lot. How old old are they in real life? Well, I know Mila was sixteen or seventeen when she started that seventies show and that was like ninety eight. Yeah. So she's got a year or two on me. I'm 35. So yeah, but they just neither passes Never for 30, neither passes for 30 years old. Okay, but let's, you know, let's just believe it. Dot dot dot. Movie anyway. <laughs> so um, Kate uh, Kate McKinnon is the wacky best friend to Mila Kunis. The movie opens with Mila Kunis's birthday. She is sad. She is alone. She has been dumped by text by her boyfriend of a year. I don't want to spoil it. I feel like he was the spy. He believe it or not. Yet yeah, not just a clever title. So he is the spy who has. Dumped he, of course, is just in Theroux. So, unfortunately, mm. we are going to have to parlay some kind of sympathy for the man who wrote Iron Man 2. Theroux? Theroux? Theroux I really don't care he wrote Iron Man 2. forax uh, he, uh, Iron Man 2. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just ne- hashtag never forget. Anyway, so um, he—he's he's a spy. He's got a secret government file that he puts into her possession. He is then promptly removed from the picture and is left to these two bickering BFFs to journey on a spy adventure around Europe uh, involving getting this file into safe hands away from the many, many terrorists and sinister CIA agents who are tracking them. We have a clip. I don't
0: trust anyone anymore. You trust me, though, right? Yes, of course I trust you. You don't count. Okay, good, because this is not some fake spy friendship that the Russians put together. Dude, shut up. I know. Okay, Drew said that if we don't deliver this package, a lot of people
1: are going to die. But if we don't do it and then there's like a terrorist attack or something? Well, what did he say to do? We have to get it to a cafe in Vienna. Austria, Vienna? Yes, that's what he said. Okay, well, why don't we do that then? Do you, what, go to Europe when
0: a bunch of people are trying to kill us? Do you want to die having never been to Europe? Or do you want to go to Europe and
1: die having been to Europe? Why are those my only two options? You get the tone that this is sort of going for. The the closest thing I would put it with is Spy. And, I mean, Spy's a pretty damn funny film. It is. is. Terrible title. Terrible title. And wasn't it originally named for North McCarthy's actual character, I think, at one point? Yeah, which would have made something more like sense. Yeah, it would have, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Spy, very funny film. This is uh, kind of pitching to the same, I think, demographic as Spy. It's not quite as all-in and not as entirely successful as Spy is, but as far as the mismatched buddies, you know, r- racing across Europe in a Spy adventure goes, I will say I do think this works more than the Hitman's Bodyguard. So, okay, the, yeah. the, so better than Hitman's Bodyguard, not quite as good as Spy. Well,
0: I, th- I think we all found the production values of Hitman's Bodyguard... To be a bit shoddy, really. I, Ooh, I feel like yeah. that like overshadowed yeah. their chemistry, that which was, worked that really was on the well. Cheap. Yeah,
1: that yeah, it was really, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got you know the, let's Hitman, go, let's the go Hitman's Wife's it. Bodyguard to come next. So, is, is, that, is that the title film? is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? It's sama Hayek is the yeah this time. I'm in because she was amazing. She was that. wasn't she? Yeah. Anyway, She's so um, wife. this has surprisingly some decent action chops. <laughs> So, when we we're introduced to Justin Thoreau Thoreau, Iron Man 2 writer, um, he's got this Louise cousin, Louis cousin. When we're introduced yeah. to Louis cousin, we've got this action sequence in like a, you know, a Marrakesh market or something. You know, as these things always are. Mm. Full on Jason Bourne riffing kind of thing. And it's really, really sort of slick and coherent and gripping and you really feel every punch. So it really goes for it in the violent R-rated stakes. So, of course, what it then has to do is be funny. And it is decently funny. To be fair, the That's banter good. between Mila Kunis and, and Kate McKinnon is quite engaging. It's quite lively. It's one of those where, you know, everyone has a friend like that kind of, kind of a thing. And if you don't, it's you. Um, you know, in my case, it's me. Anyway, um, I do think Mila Kunis gets the short end of the, short end of the stick. She's stuck with this very sort of typecast. Straight. Mila Kunis type. She's playing a Mila Kunis type. Mm. Kate McKinnon is this, is this century's Catherine O'Hara. That that that's what I'm going with. Okay. Yeah. She is absolutely true. Do you tremendous. know what that that makes sense like with the, the skill thing? Yeah. Know. Like bit all the improv background that Catherine Harbour had. Exactly what yeah. she's got here is that because she brings a lot of energy to what is effectively a basically likable character. And the result is an instant scene stealer. You've got the dude from Outlander, I think he's Sam Hewen. In there. Yeah, he, I really like him. You, well, I wasn't yeah, aware. Of he him. needs to be in
0: more things. I think this is like his first big film role. Really.
1: Well, this is the thing because I was—I I have a mother and she has an Amazon Prime membership. So, so she, like all she, mothers, she likes a, right, like right. all mothers with Amazon Prime membership, she's obsessed with Outlander because sex and time travel. But uh, you know, and hunky <laughs> and hunky dudes. So yeah. you know, that, that's my mum's dream show. Um, so yeah, we've got all the mums with Amazon Prime accounts will will love this movie. Um, Ivana uh, Ivana Sachno, uh, you might remember from. Pacific Rim Uprising.
0: Well, I didn't Russian say it, so pilot. I do not... Oh, okay way. then. Yeah.
1: Female Russian pilot in uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. She plays a hilariously terrifying villain. And those I've chosen those words specifically because she is terrifying, but she's meant to be hilariously so. And it is really, really well done how they have done this. If,
0: right. That has made me think of uh, Crispin
1: Glover in in, in Charles Angels, Angels. Angels. Yeah. that kind of thing that kind of exactly thing. Yeah. that kind of thing hmm. but like Russian Black Widow gymnast type nice yeah so you can see the the, the range of comedy you can get out of that it's absolutely fine um, two two cameos by comedic legacies in there. Um, that I have to point out as Kate McKinnon's parents Paul Reiser and Jane Curtin Amazing. neither gets enough to do neither does Minaj, um, uh, but they're all just fun to see it goes down the if looks could kill roots of just being fine with learning to kill people that, that's cool um, so <laughs> let's, say, let's move on yeah, it absolutely earns its R rating it's, it's not as laugh a minute as Spy but it's more consistently funny than Hitman's Bodyguard um, there is a certain I'm not going to give you any details but there is a certain cele- real world celebrity cameo in this that of course can't really be real so they've used a body double and they've just got the world's best body double for it and i imagine he's someone who gets a lot of work um there's uh, a pretty lumbering cliche that kind of threatens to sink it all towards the end but i have fun with it i laughed uh you know it's not laugh a minute like Spy, It's laugh every three minutes so that's a pretty good ratio yeah yeah, yeah. Spy was films films, films what Ninety-five hundred minutes. I think it's one fifty-seven, if memory serves. So it's one fifty-seven. I believe. So, in fact, I know for a fact it's one fifty-seven because I set my watch before the film started. So, is it it really that long? It's really that long, and it it works. It just about pulls it off. So, yeah, that film is two and a half hours long, pretty much. What? One hundred fifty-seven? No, one hundred fifty-seven minutes is. Uh, one hour fifty seven. It's one hour fifty seven. One hundred fifty seven minutes be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's one hour fifty seven. It's not two and a half hours. Don't worry. That is insane. That's what I headed down there, so I was Yeah, like, That is insane for anything that isn't a Gerard Butler Tech versus Crim thriller. And we know that's coming. Oh, well, that's happened. That was Den of Thieves, two and a half hours. We know we're going to get another Den of Thieves. we yeah, another one. What yeah. is he
0: going to. It can't be Den. Fort. Fort of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: going to find out like next year, apparently with the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, we've gone from a, a pretty decent film. We're going to have to go, I'm afraid, to uh, a pretty ropey film now. Do it. I want to talk about trash. You want to talk about trash? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you a film uh, that is a certain known commodity producer's second directorial effort after a massive would-be blockbuster that went belly up in the last two years, okay? That's all I'm going to tell you. They spent $90 million on reshooting that guy's first film. They then gave him a second film, in which he has reteamed with one of the cast of that first film and, and David Tennant to deliver this <gasps> suburban thriller. You've just figured it out, haven't you? Oh, uh, yeah. So, this comes to us from director Dean Devlin, former producer on Stargate, Independence Day, Universal Soldier, Godzilla, The Patriot, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012 ten thousand BC and Stonewall. And his his biggest achievement. Geostorm. Geostorm. So lest we forget. Yeah, Geostorm. let's let's not forget Geostorm. Um which of course they spent like ninety million reshooting so <laughs> to get it into that's, shape. That's how you know it's like, a good film. Yeah. That's how you know it's a good film. Yeah, because he used like a bunch of producers on there. We've got a great film if we give it the same budget do it again it would be an amazing <laughs> one. and Good logic he starred Robert Sheehan who also stars here because you know he was so charismatic in Geostorm that Dean Devlin yeah. was instantly captivated by him it would seem yeah I mean I look how he
0: a... charismatically
1: flew out of a spaceship and died yeah there yeah. was that wasn't there oh look he's the only suspect in this elaborate whodunit of one suspect so <laughs> which happened not once but twice in that movie it? him <laughs> <laughs> literally was that right so this is the story of of uh, a pair of uh, they, they pose are low-level criminals they pose as uh, car valets and what they do is that that sort of shtick that exists in movies where you drop the car off at the restaurant you give it to the key to the valet the valet then uses your sat-nav to find out where you live goes and robs your house while you're at dinner and then right. returns the car you're none the wiser but you've been burgled and uh, on one particular night he uh, Robert Sheehan's character sorry who is a who basically we're told at one point wants to be a photographer this bears next to no relevance to the rest of the film um, as does many of the things that we get told about every character in this. Um, he robs the house belonging to a very nasty American-accented David Tennant, only to discover that David Tennant owns a state-of-the-art smart house and has a young woman chained up in his basement. The uh, the uh, central uh, central character then uh, flees once he realises, you know, his t- tenant's about to leave the restaurant, and uh, gets the car back and sets out to free this girl. Uh, only for Tanner to discover who he is and decide he's going to play his own game with him. Here is a clip that will nicely set the tone of producer Dean Devlin's second directorial effort. Welcome to Nino's,
0: sir. What is a perfect
1: score? The perfect score. One so big you never have to pull another one. Yeah. Yeah. Help me, please! I'm going to help you. I promise. He's got a girl chained up. He's crazy. I have to say, her wife,
0: you know why you're not in jail right now? Because you are in mine.
1: Well, I mean, there's a point in the second act of this movie in which Tennant has become the uh, the urban stalker. And you just sat there thinking, you remember when they did exactly this as a remake of Fright Night, but David Tennant didn't suck? That, yeah, he he got to swear. He got to swear. He was quite fun in that movie, wasn't he? He's no fun in this. Uh, his American <laughs> accent is hilarious. And that's the weird part. I've, I've heard him do an American accent, so I know he can. I don't know why mm-hmm. he's doing it. It's almost as if he knows this is a naff film. Yeah. And although I have discovered that he's done a lot of like engaging with the fans on YouTube for this film, and he seems quite enthusiastic about it, which would seem to suggest that he doesn't know that this is un- just determinable dross um it's one of those films in which they've written a sort of weird uh backstory for robert sheehan in that his mother is irish and she married an american and then they emigrated to america and that's why he lives there specifically in this one specific city in the center of the yeah and you start thinking you've put that in purely to justify casting robert sheehan Hmm. which means you have thought about it in which case, why have you done it? Why have you done something this slapdash and lazy with it? It's like that moment in the Fantastic Four in which they wrote that uh, a bit about Kate Mara being adopted purely to justify yeah. having already yeah, yeah. cast. You're like, It's so weird that you feel the need to do that, because that just suggests to me that you stepped outside of your already arranged lines. Mm. Okay, fair enough. You know enough. the audience is going to have a problem with this, so let's backtrack. Yeah, okay. it's so weird. Why do it? Anyway, so it can't muster <laughs> much more suspense than the average Criminal Minds episode. And that's being very generous, to be fair. Uh, Robert Sheehan, in keeping with his you know, wealth of film roles to date, maintains about the level of charisma of the average runny nose. Um <laughs> <laughs> the writer of this a man named Brandon Boyce who is more of a Brandon Boyce Brandon Boyce Not Brandon Boyd lead song of Incubus no well thank you I have a younger sister I was aware of that um... I'm seeing Incubus <laughs> in a couple of weeks are you? Just drop him out. who um, aren't you seeing in the next few weeks you've got um, Justin Timberlake we have, yeah. Incubus I
0: get Michael Bolton I'm, I'm seeing all my favourite hunky men uh, 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 Michael Bolton
1: so you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. All, all the man crushes. how can we be lovers if we can't be friends case <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to live without you man <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to follow that up with "Can I touch you there?" but I thought that was a bit too on the nose.
0: Enough, Michael Bolton. But you know, when a when a man loves a woman. Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. You That's win. when we move on. That's it. <laughs> so once you're past the "don't breathe" like setup for this, yeah. uh, it, it then just goes to the extreme of pushing its own plausibility as far as it humanly can, and it takes it way, way too far. It is a very rote thriller. It is a very unengaging thriller. Mm. It's um, about as bad as that uh, Pierce Brosnan thriller It, if you remember that from a couple of years ago. Oh, the It House. Yeah, the It House. Yeah. Also, a smart house movie made by someone, a smart home movie written by someone who has no idea how smart homes work. I'm just Mm. going to put this out there for the benefit of Hollywood writers you know, in the world. um, You can go to Best Buy and spend ten bucks on a Wemo smart plug and learn everything you need to know about smart homes. For the love of God, please go and do that. Just once, because there's two movies this week that don't understand how technology works. Uh, The other one certainly was Spy Who Dumped Me, which doesn't know how phone uh, biometric fingerprint scanners work. Anyway... Neither do I. Then again, I'm not a film. Okay. Well, I'll put it this way. If there's something that's deemed silly in a joke in a 1993 Sylvester Sloan movie, you probably shouldn't be using it as a plot point in 2018. Right. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, um, there's, this is to say, really ropey. There's this hilariously patronizing attempt at sort of involving social networks and revenge porn and say, like, oh, we're cutting edge. We're doing what the kids do mm-hmm. now. Like, uh, okay. I mean, it's like, it's one of those films in which uh, the revenge porn element, for instance, is done by email. And you're sort of thinking, what, like, 20 year old kid sends his friends emails? Case, we're friends. I've never yeah. sent you an email. I've, well, you, you have, but the are like. Screening links. Screening links. Or work a screen a ticket. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to send you my revenge but, but, porn But snaps. But not like,
0: and you have so many. That's yeah, what i
1: I mean, I'd WhatsApp it, or I'd Snap, probably more likely Snapchat it. Yeah. You know, because you destroy the evidence. But you know what? That's something I've just pulled off the, off the top of my head. Mm. I'm not a Hollywood screenwriter. I still don't really know what a Snapchat is. Oh, it's a, it's like a, a, a this message will self destruct in ten seconds. Platform. We all get to pretend we're even hunting. Yeah, basically, yes. I like that idea. It's like Ethan Hunt, but with the gen- ex- genital ex- photos. Exclusively for... Yeah. You get to be Ethan Hunt, but it's pictures. photos of, of genitals. Exactly yeah. that. yeah. Uh, there's a nightmare sequence in here that's just absolutely weak CG source. Uh, towards the end of the third act, it jumps the shark entirely. You rode along with it, ride along with it, sorry, for uh, you know another sort of half hour at that point. It is lumbering. It is clearly made on the cheap. This has obviously been filmed in some Vancouver suburb. Uh, you know, TV, TV caliber, making filmmaking all round, and you come away from it thinking for the love of god dean just go back to roland apologize for whatever you did and just go go and make some sequels to your earlier films just just make good ones please this is unbearably bad so mr allen over to you have you got some news for me have you got anything you could uh, be reporting well danny boyle's not directing bond anymore
0: oh i haven't heard about this <laughs> I'm sure you've been on
1: multiple radio shows no, I missed it actually I missed the window because it happened really? it happened late at night oh. so I knew I'd be getting certain phone calls to do this that and the other stayed up for it <laughs> for like two hours and I was up to like 2am and then thought oh, I'll just sleep yeah. now no one's calling and then I woke up five minutes after the talk radio called it always seemed a bit of a weird fit. It was like wearing a
0: slipper on your hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I mean... Like, sure, it'll feel comfortable for a bit, but then you would be like, why am I walking on my hands? What's going on?
1: So who are they going to get? them? <laughs> yeah. I only really made that analogy because I'm, I'm currently wearing slippers. Well, that's, that's, that's a good one. But yeah, yeah, I have heard slipper on your hand before, though. Actually, I have actually heard that before. So oh. uh, I, th- I thought I just—I thought I was being really smart. You don't wear a shoe on your head, would you? Think about it. Silly, not not twice. <laughs> uh, that's, I, I, a, that's a Snowpiercer reference, by the way, for the billions yes. of people in the world who still haven't seen Snowpiercer or on a big screen. Or on a big screen, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Theatrical release. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. We're going to get um, so before the whole Danny Boyle thing. Mm. It was basically a three way race between uh, David McKenzie who did Hell High Water, High Water, and, and I think yeah Up wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. he's got this uh, Outlaw King.
1: Yeah, the Chris Pine thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've
0: not seen the trailer yet, but pictures look very interesting. Cool. So I'm watch that. Um Yeah, he he was like the front one, I believe. Jan uh, Demange, whose name I love. Uh, he did seventy one. I f- feel like he's worked with Daniel Craig before. Maybe I'm getting that confused, but he's he's really good. And then uh, Denis 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 Denis. Yeah. Oh, I've got a crush on him. I've got a crush on him as well. <laughs> so does everyone in Hollywood? But he's 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 making Dune.
1: Yeah, he's, he's busy with his Duning. Sh- twice. twice. Chalamet. twice. Two yeah. Dune movies. Two Dunes. But yeah. I'm just, I'm, all I'm going to say on this, you know, even though they're clearly just going to hire Martin Campbell at the 11th hour, um, <laughs> because of what you do, um, Maybe he'll
0: explain to us what a quantum is.
1: Oh, maybe. Or, or why there's a lonely one. Anyway, um. Yeah,
0: um, yeah <laughs> I, I think, I think probably Dave McKenzie, which would be Ace. Um, yeah, the Danny Boyle thing, The um, as, as soon as he was interested, everyone else was just like, get out of the way, get out of the way. He made trance. Let's, yeah, let's get in true, true.
1: My, my takeaway from this though is, yeah. I mean, it would just be so convenient if there was just a freely, like an available director at this moment in time, like maybe one who had action chops, could do big budget action sequences. Uh, maybe one who's used to working within the rules of, say, a franchise. Uh, maybe one who could bring the long forgotten younger audience, the family audience back into, into bond. I mean, okay. wouldn't it be great if there was a filmmaker who just happen to be available like at this minute in time who met all of those requirements but van
0: how are we going to get uve bowl's numbers
1: <laughs> at short notice <laughs> hashtag rehire james gunn ladies and gentlemen so hashtag i would never fight uve Ball. <laughs> god no i wouldn't <laughs> no. should we uh yeah. do our box office top five for the week
0: uh we should um Just on that point, though, about James Gunn, I would not be surprised. Oh no, me neither. Number five Festivus. No, festival. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't get to see the festival, it wasn't press shown. And, yeah, he's got yeah. a crazy cast list, and I've heard actually pretty decent things about. I so I might, I might see it. Eventually. I've I've heard good things from critic friends because
1: they mm. had a, the, I, it I wasn't screenings that day, and there was like a it's, the screens finished in the afternoon. Apparently, the view in Leicester Square, um, they had a screening of the festival because it was open to the public that day. It was an early week release, mm. and apparently the doors just opened from from the from the perspective of this teenage audience, the doors just opened and a flood of middle aged men suddenly nice. entered the screen to watch the festival because <laughs> all the film critics decided they just have their own screening and I missed it yeah so oh no but never mind uh, I hear good things I hear it is uh, in between as like first in between movie rather than second which, oh, which I can live with yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it on that recommendation mm. has anybody uh, tweeted about it at popcorn donuts
0: so hashtag the festival tonight and oh my god one word that was bloody hilarious last from start to finish Highly recommend it. Number four. The
1: Sequelizer. <laughs> the Sequelizer. I'm but, surprised this is so low down. Yeah, you would think it'd be number one, wouldn't you? But Especially, uh, like, with how... We did in America. I know, I know. Um, the thing is, I, I don't think the equaliser is as, is as known a commodity in the, in the UK as it was in the US, but I would argue yeah, that being a Denzel. film. Yeah, being yeah. a film, you would think it would counteract that. And also, it's a fuku flick. It's a fuku flick. Yeah, we love a fuku flick. Mm. So, um, I don't think this is as good as the first one. I don't think the sequeliser is anywhere near as good as the equaliser. I don't think we'll get a three equaliser, that's for sure.
0: Oh, I've been uh, talking about three equalisers all week. <laughs>
1: I don't think we'll get a three equalizer
0: this, because I don't yeah. think this, this is has a, got this the is a Jack uh, Reacher. Jack oh no,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hang on, I've got it so far. It's the equalizer, the sequelizer, the three equalizer, the quadrilizer, and the, the quadrilizer. Uh, and the equifiver. Equifiver. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my Brilliant. franchise map in my head. Yeah. Um, this has a lot of the stuff that you liked about the first movie, but it just feels a little bit more watered down. They've tried to dig mm. it more into the backstory of Denzel's character, and it he, frankly it's it's not quite as engaging as it should be. It feels a lot more hackneyed, a bit more... I mean, in that way that the first movie kind of got overshadowed a lot by John Wick mm. coming out around the same kind of time and stealing all the action thunder. This kind of comes out and feels a bit the same, to be honest. It feels like it comes out in a post-John Wick world. And you're just... I, mean, I, I really would rather, you know, some, we did something a bit more original with someone as good as Denzel. Mm. I mean, it's a fine movie. It's a fine actioner. You know, but it's just not a great one. You know, and, and... Okay. Yeah. It does rely a lot on the sort of... Let's repeat certain tropes in the first movie. And I found that quite disappointing for a movie that starred Denzel and was directed by Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. But uh, has anyone tweeted us? People either love it or hate it, I'm guessing. At Denzel Washington
0: says uh, <laughs> King Kong ain't got shush on me. <laughs> uh, he absolutely would as well. Yeah. At Roberts0502, The Equalizer is a pretty good movie. Hashtag Equalizer2 is not. This guy's cutting. He's oh he's blunt uh, the simple and predictable plot takes forever to get going there's too much filler and the action is poorly choreographed and one person has commented on it I don't know what the comment is and one person has liked it so he's, he's got one fan the Megalodon number three
1: shut up Meg Bigger, bigger jaws <laughs> it's Megalodon. you know what the, me, you know what the Meg Megadon. you know what the Meg doesn't have that Deep Blue Sea and Snakes on a Plane had what's that a
0: kick ass theme, theme song theme song yeah, theme song, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. I
1: mean I, oh to deep, I was listening to Deepest bluest on the way over this morning I love that song me and my crew strike like some underwater locusts but uh, <laughs> does LL J think he is the shark in that movie like do you think mm, cool, cool James do you think Ladies Love Cool James got sent the script for that movie thought he was playing the shark recorded the yeah. song and then starred in the movie? Because like, that's the so, only explanation I like, can find. B-
0: before he goes into the recording movies, like, I am a shark. Yeah. I've become the i become mean, a shark. I'm one with the shark. He's just spent a week in a studio singing My Head is Like a Shark's Fin yeah. over and over again. Do you think he recorded it in a shark tank? Just like <laughs> a soundproofed wired for sound Shark
1: Tank. You ever seen the actual music video for that? Yeah, of course I have. It's a classic. It's incredible. But I, I might watch no- it later. I expect nothing less from the man who yeah. wants rhymed tra- Trapper Critic. So <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> like when, when, when we,
0: we when we get the sequel to the Meg, I wouldn't be surprised if we tried to get Cordy James.
1: No. Oh. Tie it together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> get get Richard Dreyfuss in there for a Cameo as well while you're at it. Well he, he was in Piranha, wasn't he? He was, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, apparently as uh, Hooper. As well, that like character actually is meant to be really? Hooper. Yeah, apparently is meant to be Hooper. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um Anyway, so what were we talking about over oh, Meg? Yeah, it's really good, really fun. Jason Statham fights a shark. If you need more than that to go and see the Meg... Then this is not the film for you. Mm. So, has anyone tweeted it? And did they like Jason Statham fighting the giant shark? That's
0: H R H Blake Knight says, yo guys eat some edibles and go see the Meg this weekend <laughs> 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 because it's insane and stupid, and even besides of the shark, is inconsistent throughout. It is, it changes, it, is, it really, really is. But at least the theater is cold and has candy." <laughs> #Hashtag for Meg. Do you know what that man Blake has Knight priorities. is my
1: favorite? That, it, 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 you know, I respect where he's coming from. Absolutely. Number two. Namatua. Just sounds like a volcano name, doesn't it? (laughs) Namatua, yeah. Yeah, I I liked it more than the first one. I don't think it's quite as polished and precise as the first one. They Godfather 2'd it. Yeah, they Godfather (laughs) 2'd it. Um, And I'm going to stick with the idea that if you have to cast, you know, the world's most perfect woman, which is what Meryl Streep's character was meant to be, Mm. then Lily James is a great place to start. Um, I don't quite think Lily James is going to have the status of Meryl in 30 years' time, though, somehow. She might. She she might she's, she's Cinderella. Well, well, yeah, but I mean She's you know, Baby Driver's baby. Yeah, but I mean like Cinderella, you know, once she hooked up with that prince dude, what did she ever turn out afterwards? Nothing. No sequel. Lazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Get uh, it together, Cinders. Yeah, come on, Cinders, you're letting the sisterhood down. So, um who's who's tweeting us all <laughs> this matter? Step Sister. Step Step sisterhood, yeah. exactly. That's a hopeful sprout.
0: No. Nice. Says, I want to see hashtag Mamma Mere 2 again. The movie is called Here We Go Again, not Here We Go Once and cry Over Soundtrack at Home because you're dying to people who watch it and then, like, one of those emojis where it's a woman being like, Meh. and then a cry face and then a blue heart. Is everything alright at home? I, I think she needs professional help and... You know, we aren't those people.
1: Number one, Christopher Robin, which is basically Hook meets Paddington. Uh, Hook and Paddington, yeah. Hook and Paddington. it yeah. is it's Hooker Paddington. You know, it, <laughs> that, that's really what it is. It's
0: it's it's basically taking what the Robin. What kind moves. of like horrific childhood funfares did you go to? You <laughs>
1: the kind of we skewered Paddington through the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I turned out, I turned out fine. Hey, you just don't knock over my knife, would you? Anyway, <laughs> <I'm> Kidding. <laughs> um kidding. So, it, that's what it is. You take the dad from a hawk, you take the Robert Williams character from a hawk, and then just apply him to basically the plot of Paddington. That's kind of what you get here. And it's fine, it's fun, it's moving, it's charming, it's exactly as likeable as you would hope it would be. <laughs> yeah. It's got Hayley Atwell in it, and that's always a wonderful thing. Same, yeah. I, I, I had a good time with it. What did, did, is, you, did you see
0: David? it? No, I've not seen it yet. I, yeah. will, I will see that, and I will see the sequelizer. This weekend between gigs, because I'm gigging like a mother. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm going to say, is, uh, is David Fields in this? No, I don't think so. No, Mark Gattis. Oh,
1: Mark Gattis. Mark Gattis. Yes, Mark yeah. Gattis He is the boss. He's, uh, Hugh he's, McGregor's, uh, yeah. you know, hard ass boss. It,
0: it, it feels like that could have been David Fields. I've got nothing against yeah. Gattis, but, but it's a David Fields type. When they're in
1: those roles, they are kind of interchangeable, aren't they? Kind of. <laughs> like, Mark Gattis could have been that professor in Theory of Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really can just trade places. They have exactly the same sort of presence. Never the same at the same time? No you do Never not that time is time. worth noting yeah. but then you don't see Jewel and Ricky Martin in the same place at the same time so what well, Ricky Martin's gay? <laughs> <laughs> like, at
0: Origons 97 but, oh, I didn't see the first 96 Origons Hashtag Christopher Robin is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen in years this person has not seen Geostar no
1: Osnabiercer
0: no, um, no no <laughs> um and everyone should go see it even if you think you don't have time to watch it remember to take a break BC I'm guessing that's answer for because uh, doing nothing at least the very best of something is that a quote from the film it is yes wow
1: with the latest film news and reviews this is Offscreen the onscreen radio show and we're back Mr Allen so uh, we've Hi. got a couple of reviews we need to get through real quick then <laughs> So, it's almost like we're a show built for reviewing films. I know, imagine that. God, that'd be, that'd be a hard life, wouldn't it? So, uh, let's talk about, uh, the documentary, The Ballymurphy Precedent. Uh, this is the, uh, this is basically a documentary, a documentarian's chronicle of the Ballymurphy, uh, massacre hmm. of sorts. This is when the British army actually executed a number of, and this somehow, this has somehow gone relatively under the radar. It is hilarious that this story is not known. You watch this, this, this documentary, which chronicles you know, events of the time, mm. uh, the massacre—I believe it's eleven people—hands the British Army uh, in in Ireland in the uh, late '60s, early '70s, and this is basically pushing for justice for the for the uh, for the victims. Uh, we have a quick clip. The army rolled into all the Catholic areas. Six hundred paratroopers come in, and they just saturated the whole area.
0: The people who are to protect us. We're in fact taking the sides against us.
1: So this comes to us uh, from director Callum McRae. Uh, it, it is getting a theatrical release on Thursday the 30th of this month, uh, but there's going to be a shortened okay. version broadcast on Channel 4 on September the 9th. Hmm. So it's about not about 90 minutes long, but they are going to trim it down for, for Channel 4. Um, the film makes comparisons between uh, the, the troubles and the situation in Ireland and uh, the American civil rights movement. And uh, basically sort of... Uh, it. it, it Basically, points out the, the sort of inspiration that was taken from the US civil rights movement, specifically the events in Selma, are actually mm. referenced in here. And uh, it's a really harrowing story how we get from A to B to, you know, C being the present day where this has somehow gone unaccounted for. Like, mm. this is something that clearly needs to be addressed. Um, they, they're pushing for a sort of a Hillsborough level inquiry into this. And the film, I mean, noticeably, it goes a bit Channel 4 dispatches around that point. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's very engaging. But I think the final sort of 10 minutes goes a bit Channel 4 dispatches as it descends into more and more televisual, preachingly right. documentarian sort of terrain. Um, there's Other than that, I mean, before that, there's a quite nice juxtaposition between the interviews, um, archival footage, and some really lavishly put together reenactments. Like, there's reenactments of, you know, truly violent incidents in Ireland that are framed to look as if they're scenes from Sin City, It is really striking to look at. And for a harrowing story already, that that does give it some some real gravitas. But it's that that ending does leave a sour taste even though obviously it is an important film it obviously it's a very important story it's a story that we all should know and that should be a bigger deal but i did i think i did feel at the end of it like i had sat through a channel four dispatches thing mm. which is weird because on september 9th you apparently can yeah you probably, about can. Yeah. Yeah. probably I can. can as well so i think as a documentary on channel four though pretty mind-blowing as a, as a you know, theatrical release as a theatrical release less so my... but I think definitely catch it in, uh, in cinemas when you can okay. uh, shall I just move straight on to uh, The King
0: yeah so King King of what King of who King of rock and roll baby we're talking
1: Presley man of course <laughs> it is I forgot this was a thing <laughs> this is a thing so yeah. get this right this entire movie is framed around Elvis's Rolls Royce Okay, which drives. Oh, yeah, yeah. you This look, is the Alec
0: Baldwin thing, isn't this, it? This is the Alec this, Baldwin oh, thing. I
1: forgot this was happening. This is happening. So, uh, oh, 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 sir, sir, please, not just Sir Alec Baldwin. Mm. not just Sir Alec of the Baldwins no no <laughs> James Carville Ashton Kutcher Chuck D Ethan Hawke Ethan Hawke like Chuck of the Ch- D everyone is in this I like King everyone's of the Baldwins everyone is in apparently uh, you know Marina Dolray is in this uh, right. or Lana Dolray uh, I, I don't know who these people are Lana Dolray I'm not I'm not I'm not down with you is that like the knockoff version you see like Dan Blackpool yeah that totally is totally is but yeah, loads of stars. And the idea is that they've put each one of them in this Rolls Royce one at a time, yeah. and just given them a tour around like important uh, important locations yeah. in Elvis's life.
0: Yeah, I've they, they, the they, they
1: chat about the culture of the Elvis, you know, brought about that he came from. Uh, we've got a quick clip. The King sat in this car.
0: I feel like Elvis
1: Presley left the spirit that inspires me. Now, this is amazing. You have no idea how hard he hit American culture.
0: I wonder if you could help me. I was trying to find the house that Elvis Presley lived
1: in. He had no house over there. You remember the great Chuck D line? Elvis was a hero the most, but he never meant to me. Straight up racist. That sucker was simple and plain. Mother. In the entire way. I really this sound like Hooper X from Chasing Amy, does it? Yeah. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> so this delves say, so delves quite into the the world and the actual culture then that sh, that helped shape Elvis and it does depict Elvis himself as the greatest example of the American dream. It is the American dream writ large. It is, you know, this this young boy who came from poverty, and you know, he came from this very specific neighborhood where he was a minority, was a largely black area, and how, you know, he used that he that was the fuel that made him into to you know, the world's greatest megastar. I learned stuff from this, like genuinely stuff that I didn't know. I'd honestly never considered that Elvis basically set the trend for celebrity endorsements, and we're shown this yeah. in like a comparative, like modern day context of like George Clooney with his Omega and like you know that whole that whole idea. And it's it's really kind of fascinating uh, seeing these stars react one at a time to like Elvis's Rolls Royce. Is kind of charming, and it, it's a very likable, very sweet documentary. It's faintly overlong. It's 100 minutes. It's faintly overlong. I think its concept is basically like an hour-long special. I don't think this should be theatrical length. It's like an hour-long... PBS? Yeah, like a PBS special. Um, There's a really great moment in which James Carville, the raging Cajun, Mr. James Carville, (laughs) uh, describes how America, and this is the quote, never tasted the same after Elvis. And he talks about, you need to understand, that Elvis came into this world and it was an instant thing. Mm. One day there was no Elvis, and the next day there was an Elvis and we lived in a different world. And you think, okay, wow, okay, yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah, it it makes complete sense. Yeah, the world, America just never... Yeah. Felt the same when Elvis Presley left us. I think, yeah. well, yeah, it's it's kind of where you look at the culture of the time. Yes, I can kind of understand I can that, see that. Like it would be the thing
0: that when there's no more Beatles, <laughs> exactly. Really, like,
1: yeah, we'll live in a world that doesn't yeah. have any Beatles, expect, especially I mean, in this country, especially in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's on on the whole, it's pretty fascinating stuff. I kind of like that it looked at what you know at, at what Elvis, what Elvis was, and what made him, rather than who he was. Which I think is a documentary we don't need anymore. I think that there's a billion of those. I think you can very easily find the documentary of what Elvis was like as a dude. I think Mm -hmm. I'd rather know what made him that dude. And for me, I I thought this was a really solid time. So we're going to keep with the music theme then. And last review for this, last review for this block is called One Note at a Time. And this comes out this coming Friday as well. Uh, this is from uh, director Renee Edwards. And this is a documentary all about New Orleans music culture. In the wake of Hurricane Katrina, specifically huh. how that culture has to be rebuilt after Hurricane Katrina, we have a quick clip. When Katrina came, I was playing outside there with a four-piece orchestra, and uh, the man coming out. He switched off the fan, and I said, you "Don't switch your fan off. What the hell's the matter with you? It's hot as Hades he said, It was a day like this." And he said, "Ain't you heard? The hurricane's changed course. It's coming right up the river." So I "Wow, be damned." Go out, fellas, pack away the instruments, get the hell on away from here. So there was three men in that band beside me, and it took me almost a year, it took me 11 months in a week to find all of those three were still alive. So get used to stories like that if you're going to watch this one, because there's a lot of them. And everyone obviously has been touched in some way by the events of Katrina. So everyone in this story has has, has interacted in some way. Uh, a lot of them have lost, you know, all their possessions. Mm. There are people who are suffering health benefit health uh, problems because of it. Uh, it's it's a really harrowing sort of anthology <laughs> story. I mean, there's a, a re- there's an intriguing selection of uh, of of subjects that like each one has their own narrative. Each one's given the time to shine through. Um, it's got the this- this energy running through it, underneath it all, it has got that very that new that New Orleans jazz atmosphere mm. to it. You know, the sort of the, the hardwood floor bar with the jazz the jazz quartet in the corner. Yeah. It has that feel going through it, and it's it's a, it's a very infectious feeling. Uh, some of the stories I found incredibly moving. Um, there was uh, okay. once, I mean, because we, we never really get told about this stuff when it comes to Katrina. It does become about. Homes and lives and families. And obviously, yeah. yes, that's where the priority should be. Um, but I didn't know, for instance, that there are humanitarian efforts purely to replace musicians, destroyed or damaged instruments. Yeah. One instrument at a time. Yeah, I heard about that. I it's, didn't know that. That is amazing. a brilliant story. Like just, there's a, a trombone player who lost his trombone who gets, uh, you know, a recycled trombone as part of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really great story. I mean, and you, you meet guys through this documentary. There's one musician, for instance, who I think is a film musician who says at one point I was fighting uh, against the water just to open a door to get out of my house. And I'm doing this knowing full well that I should be going in and saving the terabyte hard drive that's got everything I've ever worked on stored on it. Yeah. He says, And, you know, once that realisation hits you, you've lost your life's work. And like, wow. I mean, av- admittedly, advertisement for Dropbox, but it's a very, you know, yeah. tragic story. I mean, you know, we've all lost files. <laughs> but uh, that one, I thought, was absolutely... Harry, imagine everything, everything. you've ever worked on. Yeah. That is horrible, especially in, you know, that sense of a creative industry. Um... I just, I tell you, I liked that it was focused on musicians and artists. I thought that's a, an untouched subject for documentary. Mm. Um, I wasn't, I was intrigued by it. It kept me hooked to the very end. Uh, there's uh, people in this. The lady, she did wind up Googling afterwards to try to find out what had become of them after the events of the documentary. And the stories actually do get more moving, actually, it would seem, if you go into reality about them. Uh, <laughs> but really great story. I thought it was really nice to see this side of New Orleans and see what had become of it. Mm with the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back for one last ride, Mr. Allen. And you know we always save the biggie for last. I know you've been dying for this. <laughs> I...
0: I don't wait for this film. <laughs> uh, We've
1: been about? waiting for like months, months and months and months. It has been. it's has like, like a year, really, when I first heard about it. It has been pretty much because didn't they announce this not long after Get Out? Because it's got Jordan. Yeah, Peele Jordan on this, Peele's producer. producer on this, isn't he? Yeah. Um, there's not actually. Funny enough, I didn't feel Jordan Peele's presence on 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 the film. You've, you know, you, where you feel Spike Lee. Yeah. And obviously, if you watch Get Out, you feel Jordan Peele's sort of presence in that film, and you don't feel Jordan Peele on this. But I suppose that's the producery kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he yeah. he came to Spike Lee with the
0: story. Did he? Ah. Yeah. It was like, have you ever heard of this Ron Stallworth.
1: This guy? Ron Stallworth. Oh, which not right. name. Let's talk about the story, incidentally. Yeah. Oh, oh, that name, that guy's played for, that guy's played for fun, actually, in the film. Yeah. So, this is the story of, imaginatively enough, Ron Stalworth, who is a young black officer who joins the Colorado Springs Police Department. <laughs> because he is a young black officer, and this, of course, is the late 60s, early 70s, um, there is a certain, let's just say, racial tension in the air about his, uh, his hiring, He is dumped. Yes, he is dumped into the records room where he is treated like crap by all of the white officers. And uh, he decides one day he's had enough. So he just goes and pitches himself as an undercover officer, (laughs) gets gets turned down for it, and then decides on a whim one day, what the hell, I'm going to phone the KKK and ask to join them, because if it's over the phone, they won't know I'm black. Turns out, really good idea. And he then decides to infiltrate the KKK using his white fellow officer, who's played by Adam Driver. And his name is? His name is, oh, Sorry. Um, what was his, his character? Flip. Name? Flip, Flip, yeah, Flip. Sorry, I meant to say Flip,
0: Flip Zimmerman is it? Flip
1: Zimmerman. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Stallworth, by the way, is played by John David Washington son of Denzel. You yeah. know? Um, and so the white officer steps in for the in-person meetings, and uh, the the actual black real person does all the stuff over the phone. There's a lot of gags about having to impersonate each other's voice. <laughs> Adam Driver having to adopt a black voice, for instance, yeah. is kind of kind of amusing. Um, for literally the sake of his life. And it's hilarious. Adam Driver, by the way, is amazing in this. Go, go figure. Yeah. Um, so this all, this all, of course, all builds to the involvement of David Duke, you know, Grand Wizard of the KKK, who's played here by, uh, Topher Grace. David Duke obviously has done some things in the news in the last couple years, we'll just say. In, well, in the last six months, really. In the last six months, including endorsing a a certain president. Anyway, so... uh, A sitting president. A sitting president, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, so David Duke and Ron Stallworth build a relationship over the phone that then gets parlayed into something in reality, and the heat is on to see if they can actually make a dent in the KKK before the KKK actually discovers they are the law. Here's a clip.
0: Well, I'm not risking my life to prevent some rednecks from lighting a couple sticks
1: on fire. This is the job. What's your problem? That's my problem. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. It's not personal, nor should it be. Why haven't you bought into this? Why should I? Because you're Jewish, brother. The so-called chosen people. You've been passing for a wasp. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Cherry pie hot dog white boy. Hmm. That's what some light-skinned black folks do. They pass for white. Doesn't that hatred you've been hearing the Klan say, doesn't that piss you off? Of course it does and why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game brother rookie that's my business it's our business so there are two absolutely belter performances from adam driver and john david washington i also want to single out laura harrier she is outstanding in this mm. who does she play and she plays the love interest slash black politically uh, po- politically charged activist she's the uh, president of the local black student union uh, logo, black activism, you know, the, the, the black students league at mm. the Colorado University. Um, genuinely, she is amazing in this. I was, I was like staring at her jaw ajar thinking, wow, the love interest from Spider-Man Homecoming is an actress this good? Mm. What? Cause, you know, she was perfectly likable and everything in Spider-Man, yeah, but yeah. you never looked at her in that film and thought, you're a seriously great actress. <laughs> and yeah, sure, yeah, she is a seriously she, um, great actress. And like in Homecoming,
0: yeah, she is the focus, but like she's not. Mary Jane, and we all know that yeah. Mary Jane is going to be the focus. It's the disposability so.
1: to her, is yeah. But also, she is kind of Manic Pixie. She meant to be Manic Pixie High School Dream Girl, you know, mm. in that movie. Um, I will say, I mean, I just thought she's absolutely tremendous in this. She's got something in a Tessa Thompson-like charm, actually. Mm. There's a, a, a brazenness, a ballsiness to her performance that does make you think of, specifically, Tessa Thompson in Dear White People mm. a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, and she's amazing in it. She's amazing that. I wasn't a fan of the film, but I thought she was amazing in it. And... Um, mm. If they ever make a movie that stars, uh, Tessa Thompson, Janelle omene and Laura Harrier, I just, I think the internet might implode. Yeah. Just, just FYI. Also, be incredible. that's the Charlie's Angels reboot, uh, reboot I'd like to see. Just, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Topher grace way more fun than he has any right being as david duke it is the only way to play david duke on film admittedly um i, I love the the intensity that they, uh, that washington brings it's it's all sort of like that intensity that has in ballers. but there's a bit more of his dad in this as he, 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 he sounded just like him it does doesn't it it's he? like a young version of Don't him but i love the way he pronounces white yeah yes White. Um, he's got this, this brilliant swagger that's sort of very befitting of the period of the age he's meant to be in the film because he's meant to be quite a young dude as well. He's meant to be like in his like mid twenties tops. Mm. Um, I just, I, I literally love that the, the, uh, the film begins with a caption. I can't read out the caption because it, it contains language um but disjoint is based on some for real for real i'm just gonna say shiz shiz yeah yeah some for real for real shiz and uh yeah and yeah it keeps going back to the idea that you have to draw parallels with what is happening in america today as regards race as regards the kkk as regards the alt-right neo-nazis certain people in political office and their involvement and support of them yeah, things like that. The only problem is Jeremy Corbin. Exactly. Yeah. When it gets
0: <laughs> when oh, it Oh, I turn this uh, to the BBC. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Well, when <laughs> uh, when it gets to those moments uh, is it, when it feels the most spikely. I mean, the rest of the time, this feels like a particularly dark Coen Brothers comedy. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it's quite aggressive at times, but, you know, it's charming enough and sort of lighthearted enough to sort of win, uh, win, win past that. Uh, the spikely moments are moments in which, for instance, halfway through this movie, in which we have a moment in which they may as well turn to camera as they say the words, don't worry, no one like that will ever be, ever, ever be elected president. Wink. Yeah. And you yeah. start sort of thinking, really, Basil? Really? <laughs> you know? I suggest you don't worry about it either. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, the end of the film, the final sort of, literally the final minutes of this film just take place of a sort of contemporary set news archival vignette containing far more footage of a recent American set tragedy than ever needs to be seen. And that is the, the film, I mean, literally closes on the American flag. It, they're not, really making any bones about what this film is meant to be saying what it's what its contemporary relevance is mm. the problem is sometimes it leans on that a little too hard and becomes a really really Spike Lee film mm. but the problem is you kind of enjoy well, it Well, he's Spike Lee bro. So, Spike, well, yeah, yeah. well do you ever want Spike Lee to softball exactly I mean yeah. it's the best film Spike Lee's made since Inside Man and even I think Inside Man is a very workman like film for Spike Lee it's a bit of a yeah, conventional... Yeah, it never really
0: feels... doesn't, like does it? Yeah.
1: No. It's it's very... It, you know, it's it's an F. Gary Gray movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's what it is. Definitely. A Spike Lee made an F. Gary Gray movie. Like, um, I like Chirac. I Hang on a bit. Didn't F. Gary Gray literally make The Negotiator? Do you know I think he did? Yeah. He did. So... F Gary Gray made that F Gary Gray movie before Spike Lee made that F Gary Negotiator
0: <laughs> starring Samuel Jackson and, and Christopher e-
1: Plummer. Expletive Deletive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, costed, Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you are going to love Black Klansman. Absolutely believe the hype on it. It is such a great movie. Um, I took. I say I, I was a little bit j- jarred by the the contemporary set nods and winks, uh, but you know that's why this film exists. That's why we get this film. And um, you know what? I'll take any reason to get this film. It's a great movie. It, it, this is something that... If this does not come about in, in Oscar conversations, I'm, I'm going to be annoyed. It has to. No, we're saying, is... it, it, feels, it feels
0: like screenplay kind <laughs> of... Like, because it? it's based, it's not based on a book. Yeah. B- there, wasn't, there wasn't a book based oh, on no, a true no. story, was there? No, no, or, no, no or, there is. It. Ron
1: Stallworth wrote the book this book's right, based so, so,
0: so this film would be adapted then. Yeah, best adapted yeah. screenplay. Yeah. But it's... Uh, but yeah. Spike Lee's co- co-written. Book There's actually quite the a few story. writers on it.
1: There's the there's right. three others. Yes. On the screenplay. Um so he's only a co-writer. So he, actually that might be why it has those moments where it goes really spikely. Yeah, it's like this is master. This is what I'm gonna put in like, I've got a quarter of this screenplay, so I'm gonna make it all me. Every fourth line <laughs> <laughs> every fourth line. Uh, there is, by the way, can I just give the a great line in this movie? I actually literally put this this up in here. Um the film, by the way, does have this this thing where the characters keep building walls around themselves because of the undercover element, things like that. The characters build emotional walls around themselves. The film does the same thing with, with how, uh, with your, with the vantage point it wants to afford you. And it's really cleverly done, actually. Mm. It does keep you at a distance when the characters want you at a distance and draw you in accordingly. The film itself is geared around where the characters are emotionally at any point. As in the actual physical structure of the film obeys the emotional beats of the characters, I thought that was really quite cleverly done. I think that's something uh, like it, it reminded me of of Chirac, of that way in which the the psychological actually is manifested in Chirac. By the way, how underrated is Chirac? Very much. I feel like people have forgotten about it. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, even John Cusack's good in that movie. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was awesome. I could say that. Uh, um, a hot tub time machine? No, I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so, great line from this movie that I took away, and I do think, stand out loud of the movie, with the right white man, we can do anything. Yeah, um, that's, that's been in a lot of the trailers. Yeah, I, I love that. I say, in the trailers, and you do watch this film and just think... <laughs> that that really does feel like a statement on yeah. modern America um, it's a terrific movie I just had the best time with it um, film of the week for me How's shocker that? shocker I know um, have we got a list of what's coming out next week I think we do oh oh, we're off next week really yeah yeah, yeah. Right. one more week off and then that's our summer holiday's done get in yeah. I'm, I'm going back to work soon that's upsetting yeah I mean well you've only got like another month of this and then you're on paternity leave anyway. <laughs> that's <good> point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. film critic paternity leave <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, the week after that, when we come back, though, a um, couple of interesting releases. Uh, we've got American Animals, finally, which is that's yeah. got some buzz. I hasn't it? am excited about that. Really good cast. Uh, the Seagull. I'm not sure what that one is actually. The Seagull. Hmm. Yeah. Is, um, is it not the Seagull? And it's just not the Seagull. It's not about his journey to make amends between Russia and America. No. Which, by the way, is a movie I really want to see, starring oh, Will yeah. Arnett with a ponytail. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got In Praise of Nothing coming out we've got Under the Wire we've got The Miseducation of Cameron Post like that week as well which is uh, Chloe Moretz is that the gay conversion gay Tom? conversion yeah and last but certainly by no means least because there's no way we were ever going to exclude this Dave Batista, <laughs> Ray Stevenson and Pierce Brosnan in final score it's Die Hard at West Ham is it at West Ham? yeah is it? (laughs) oh god Die Hard at West Ham can't
0: wait isn't tagline something like 90 minutes one man or something something like that yeah so you know what would've been better?
1: 90 minutes one goal that would've been yeah yeah. that would've been way better oh one man one goal one man one goal oh jeez I'm
0: so excited we are so wasted not working in life, yeah. you know did, did you see what Batista put on Instagram that he was man? like um, when when he put the post up for this film yeah. he was like I don't know anything about soccer but I know
1: lots about kicking ass <laughs> 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 so we've got all that to come and more not next week but the week after off screen this has been the candy store production of a movie marker I've been Van Connor I have been Case Allen and we shall return
0: just show the way
1: to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. OK, cut. That's It's time to stuff our ears with film news, Mr. Allen. It's a good job we've got loads of it. It's a good job, isn't it? So there is stuff out there. I'm just pulling up the film news and why have I just typed Twitter into my iPad? I in no way want to Twitter up... <laughs> And I'm I'm an idiot. I'm a simpleton. I apologize. Yeah. Um, so we get some, we get some film news to clear out. Did you hear Hans Zimmer's going to do Wonder Woman eighty four? I did. Yeah, I was yeah. going to tell you that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, he he said he
0: was done with superhero films, and then it was like, oh, actually, this is a really good DC superhero film franchise. I'm going to I'm going to get on board with
1: it. Um, what's the one? Uh, I don't know. I was going to say earlier about oh, it was it was National Treasure three. We did get an update this week uh, about National Treasure three. Is that because Meg was out? Because the Meg's out and John yeah. Turturro has been exactly doing, what else doing do you the about? Yeah,
0: yeah, um, not, not the film. He's
1: God <laughs> no. About. It's not like how did you get into the psychological mindset of a Megalodon? No one's asking about that. They, they should be. It's always like Beard when are you gonna, when you're going to see Nicolas Cage next. You know, when when do you go from one massive shark to another? How many of these big castles have you been to? (laughs) Have you seen the dinosaur skull? Have you seen it? Like, have you touched it? Have you licked it? Yeah. (laughs) Have
0: have you, have you also shared a bag of mushrooms with him and his cat?
1: (laughs) Oh, see, that is, that's, that's my ideal day. Spending a bag of, spending a day eating a bag of mushrooms with uh, Nicholas Cage and a cat. Yeah. That that just sounds bonkers. I
0: would rather do that, but then watch
1: Nick Cage films with him. Oh, God. I just want to point out, by the way, of like um, a live commentary, and just to point out, there is still no trailer for Primal, and uh, it is it's coming no, up to September. Can we can we have this film is coming out in 2018, apparently? So we need this mm. trailer. I, I need Nicolas Cage versus a Jaguar in my life. <laughs> Nicolas Cage versus a Jaguar on a boat with Famke Janssen in my life. Yeah. Anyway, uh, National Treasure Three apparently is on hold for money reasons. Apparently, it's uh, trying to get everyone the amount of money they are happy with. Uh, there is a, there is a script though. Apparently everyone was happy with it. But, uh, not happy with the money. So. Uh, I blame Nick Cage and those castles. Well. He was trying to scale back on the castles. I didn't remember saying... Can you imagine?
0: Scaling back
1: what on a, your castles. What
0: a what a habit. Like it's not like quitting smoking, is it? You can't you no, can't have no. a patch. You can't just walk over like a bit of, bit I'm, of brick. I'm reminded of bleeding Gums Murphy and his fan of I'll
1: tell you what <laughs> <I've> happened. <enough.
0: laughs> twinkle, twinkle, groovy cat. I'll tell you where you're at.
1: Oh what would our lives be like without Simpson's record? <laughs> So you know, cra- a, you know Crazy Rich Asians has made, like, all the money in the US. Yeah, and it's going to have a sequel. Yes, yeah, surprise, yeah. surprise. Well, I, I didn't realise it was
0: based on a trilogy
1: of books. Yes, it so, is.
0: Yeah, so there's the scope there. It's made so much money. I know. Yeah. Um, I watched the trailer a while ago, and I I just didn't think... It might have just been a bad trailer. I didn't think it looked very good. And yeah. that's, that's not... I don't want, obviously, I don't want that to be a comment on this film being made because it's amazing that that film has been made and with the cast that it's got. That's great,
1: but like the film generally—you didn't think it would be this successful. I know what you mean. Yeah, just, just, just based on that trailer. But we do get these, and again, I think it's because you got to remember as well—it's, it's it's, it's a woefully under-targeted marketplace. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I know it's really is the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, this is I mean, it's not, only, not only is it the only game, only game in town; it's like the only game for many years in mm. town. I mean, this is a really undercovered uh, demographic. I mean, even on television, there's what there's fresh off the boat, and yeah. that's, that's really it, and that's it. Yeah, so it's one TV show, one movie. I mean, it's not yeah. surprising that everyone's. I'm, I'm
0: looking already. forward to uh, uh, searching with uh, John, John, John Cho, like I, the fact that he
1: is in the lead for that mm. film he's very good in it too oh you've you've seen it oh because it's out when is it out is it out that's oh, the end of the month okay we will get to review it I think don't we we do get to review it um, I'll find out because if we don't get to review if it's next week and we're not going to get to review it I might as well tell you all about it so well just just tell me if you liked it you, you, you enjoyed it uh, I liked it very much I, I did I thought it was really good did, did you see it down in London uh, no actually I saw it at a talker screening in Sheffield of all places where was I yeah, oh, sorry, where was you? Uh, it was on the night that I saw Mamma Mia 2 and what the hell was the uh, mission Impossible. I had an evening at the multiplex where I saw searching Mamma Mia, here I come again, and here I go again. I'm, I must and, have been giggling uh, that night you, then. I think you were. Yeah. Was yeah, you? I do remember this now, yeah. Do you remember it? Damn, I could have watched it. I know. <sighs> would good, wouldn't it? But, Oh, oh well, just to watching. Oh, Oh, hang on. I think I know. There is a Thursday that's got some films on. (laughs) Yes, Searching screening today, so it's next week, so I can talk about it. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, The end reveal's a bit obvious, uh, but I can't... It's like that Modern Family episode that did the same thing, where it's all on the screen. It's all on the MacBook screen. Same thing, but this is it's really pulse-pounding stuff. It's really good. Mm, Look forward to it. And John Cho is absolutely terrific in it.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see him having, like, a big lead. Yeah, it is, isn't it? really good but, uh, uh, Top Gun
1: oh Top Gun 8. Maverick yeah two top two gun yeah okay Topist gun <laughs> Top Gun 2 the second one yeah <laughs> yeah that should
0: just be the cycle the title cycle, the, the title to, the to yeah uh, yeah it's got loads of new people joined it yeah I've just been looking at the list I don't know any of them though there's like six people have joined it. I'm like who but uh, hmm. I feel like there's two people that you've
1: not heard of then Really? Hang yeah. on. I'm going to pull up the article again and have a look. Uh, let's see. I seen a Akin Ellis, Danny Ramirez, Monica Barbara. No, I don't know those people. Oh, oh, hang on. Are you going to tell me about Miles Teller?
0: No, no. Oh, no, we, no, we already knew and, about that, didn't we? Uh, Glenn Powell as well. Oh, and Glenn Powell, yes. Oh, yeah, actually, because yeah, yeah. they, they opened up a new role
1: for Glenn Powell, didn't they?
0: Yep. Um, two bigger names. Go for for joining. Go on. I don't have this information. Then, come on, who is it? Ed Harris. No way. Ed Harris. Oh yes. Who you know? He's going to be some kind of like general. Or, he's going to be the um, new Tom war. Skerritt, isn't he? Yeah, gotta yeah. be. Gotta be. And also, how good a casting is that? Great. Yeah. Yeah. And John Ham. No way. John who, Hamm. who is
1: John Ham playing? Tom is the president. The, oh, <laughs> Need a president Ham. <laughs> uh, have you heard that they've cast John Lithgow? to play Roger Ames yeah. in a movie. Perfect. That's Perfect. brilliant. Yeah. Also, I mean, the man did spend six months playing get the state sexual him. serial killer, so he's done a little bit of research. Exactly. Get him,
0: get him some jowls. Get him the jowls that he wore for Winston Churchill in oh, The Crown. Oh, yeah, I remember those. He, he's, he's always got his jowls in, in the drawer. hmm the, the jowl drawer, or maybe a jar. Jowl jar. <laughs> jowl jar. <laughs> what is it? Just like hacky sacks that you just hang off your cheeks?
1: Yeah. Instant Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> Churchill, <laughs> Churchill. Churchill in a jar, we call it. <laughs> Dora the Explorer has some parents now. He does, yes. Yeah, she does. She has. Uh, uh, she has Eva Longoria as her mum, I believe, I see and that. Uh, Mickey Penns as her dad, Michael Pena, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's um... that's an intriguing one. How old is Michael Pena? You know, I don't know. But have you ever seen an image of the of the dad from Dora the Explorer? I have not. I am about to because I have a internet phone. Yeah, yeah please, please look him up, and I will tell you something. I'll be damned if that doesn't look exactly like Cliff Curtis. <laughs> so you think Cliff Curtis has just lost the job? <laughs> I mean, this is the weird thing, because I know Cliff Curtis is from New Zealand, but he's played yeah. Hispanic so often. that Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you, can you see? Can you see the image? that Dorley the explorer's dad he just looks like it's cliff curtis, it's cliff curtis isn't it yeah oh man um they making a movie about the rivalry between cabris and hershey this year it's going to be called chocolate wars <laughs> of course it is because what else would you call it eh? candy baffle oh don't even don't even <laughs> did you see this thing about the fantastic four and the Deadpool thing. Yeah, they were yeah. going to be in Deadpool too, apparently. had yeah, costumes and... like the Miles Teller, Jamie Bell, Kate Mara, uh, Michael B. Jordan version, yeah. with like further developed costumes, actual Fantastic Four costumes. Yeah, and they just look ridiculous. And really, who needs to be reminded about the existence of? Uh... Not Michael B. Jordan. He's <laughs> uh, he's doing fine. <laughs> Did you hear about uh, Chris Hemsworth this week? What's, what's he done? Have you read the GQ interview he did? He did this no. really good GQ interview. What's he promoting? What's he got coming out? I don't know. I Abs. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because Infinity War is hitting home release, isn't it? And yeah, right. So, So he's, he's kind of like in vogue again at the moment. But uh, he's... Uh, I mean, also, it was his birthday last week, so, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw Tiger Titi put up a thing. Lots of people putting up, like, happy birthday things. <laughs> Do you know how I know It's when Chris Hamsworth's birthday is?
0: Because your partner has like a shrine to him, and it is have, eight a, days. And... Is, is the
1: same? We are the same age. He is eight days younger than me. Really, Chris Hemsworth and I are eight days apart in age. I know this because it depresses me that, to my goddamn core. Can you just imagine that? Just every time I look in the mirror, the thought occurs to me. Yeah, you're not Jeremy Piven, but you could never be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think who is... Um,
0: have, have you got anyone born on your birthday? Do you, you I, know who's born on your birthday?
1: I have. I think I have... i got some good ones. David Coveney and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Full
0: circle. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, mm. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton? Mm? Matthew Broderick. Ooh, okay, that's a good one. Uh,
1: Gary Old Man. Ah, Gary Not A Young Man. Mm. Nice Yeah um, Can we talk about Chris we, sorry, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say it. Can we talk about Christopher Plummer's latest financial embarrassment Not the real Christopher Plummer The other Christopher Plummer you Oh know, The one yeah. who only appears after bad things That, that Christopher Plummer That one Yes, yeah, so Christopher Plummer 2 starred in uh, Billionaire Boys Club as you may remember Billionaire I did not touch as young boys club Yeah exactly yes. Wow that is a dark gag Wow I'm owning it It's fine Jesus Okay, so um, Christopher Plummer the uh, second starred in Billionaire <laughs> Boys Club uh, with Taron Egerton and uh, Ansel Elgort. I watched the movie recently, and it is truly abysmal. Yeah, it is utterly it's terrible. Like- it is like Wolf of Wall Street for people with ADHD. And about half as imaginative. It is truly dreadful. Um, anyway, <laughs> it got released in cinemas after the scandal that uh, took down the great Crystal Plummer II. And uh, it has now been released in in theatres. It has earned, is it, $618? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So, uh, So that's not yeah. done... Done great. Really. Not, not done tremendously well. I mean, mm. it, it is in the charts on video on demand. So, you know, there's that. Really? Yeah. Crazy. But then again, that's a really low kind of bar anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty,
0: pretty bad. Um, the mm. lady and the tramp thing. Yes. Who yeah. are cast in this? So, lady is going to be Tessa Thompson because that's great.
1: Okay. All ladies should be Tessa Thompson. Just, just
0: say. Yeah. Uh, tramp is going to be Justin Forax. No way, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Ashley Jensen is going to be a Scottish terrier. Of course she is. Which is good because she, she you know, she's Scottish. Absolutely, yep. Uh, Kirsty Clements is going to be in it. I don't know if she's being a human or a pooch. So. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. And Thomas Mann is going to be in it. Yes, I, really I like heard him. Yeah, this. I, I think, I think he's a human. He's thing. been a bit quiet
1: since Kong Skull Island, hasn't he? Was the last, yeah, that that's was probably, probably the last, last thing I remember seeing him. Last
0: yeah, I believe that was the last thing I saw. I, don't, I can't remember seeing him in anything else. Mm. He was good in that. He was just like a lad. <laughs> <was> just, some <laughs> kid. He was there. Yeah.
1: He was just like there to be like, look, a dinosaur. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Timmy and the Land. <laughs> uh, you know, we mentioned Hook earlier when we were talking about uh, Crystal Robin. Mm. Hook, I don't know if you know this, Hook is being put on 4K for the first time. It's been restored for 4K.
0: Really? Is Steven Spielberg anything to do with this? Because, no, we, oh, he, yes, he, he is.
1: Really? Because he doesn't really care about that film. No, no. He has signed off on it, apparently. He's, they've, they've asked Spielberg to sign off on this, so he specifically has. That's why he's a billionaire. Oh, yeah. Guess even better, though. Uh, it's gonna include, for the very, very first time, 11 never before seen deleted scenes from Hook. So, yeah. That I'm intrigued yeah. by. I wonder whether... Do you think they're going to be more of uh, the Neverland stuff? I wonder. I don't... I'm never sure. There is stuff in the real world scenes that I do sometimes feel has been clipped, but just trimmed very neatly. Do you think that Phil Collins is in it more? I feel like there's an entire subplot for Phil Collins just trying to solve the real world investigation of these abducted children and getting nowhere because yeah. he doesn't know that magic and fairies exist. Possibly, yeah. I feel like that's a sub-movie within Hook. I think I he's just trying to, really to discover like. what Sususudio studio really means. <laughs> no, no, he's in too deep. <laughs> oh, are, we, are we really doing this? No, no, we're not doing this. Let's stop doing this. We are bad people for music uh, puns. We are, we just... We- we we can't hurry up. Uh, you and I talked about this by text. <laughs> yes. And we we should talk about it here as well. Uh, Nichols Cage and Spider-Man. Mm. Um, he, he's <laughs> he's talked about his performance in this film. By the way, I didn't know Liev Schreiber is playing the Kingpin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. It's great. I don't know who's Good playing about that. Goblin. Goblin's in it as well, but I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah, I saw it somewhere, but I'm not no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, he is apparently based, because his Spider-Man noir character that he's voicing is from the 1930s, Oscar winner, Nicholas Cage. Winner of, was it 1994's Best Actor actor Award? Uh, 94 or 95? I can't I think remember. It's, I think it's 96. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll look that up. But uh, he has decided to base his performance <laughs> on Humphrey Bogart, James Cagney, and Edward G. Robinson. That makes Perfect sense it? it does uh, that's that right perfect. that's perfical. a word is. N- nothing is perceptible <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs> perfectly cromulent word <laughs> um, yeah that is the greatest uh, description of a Nicolas Cage voice role I can imagine I, I, I cannot wait for it just take all my money just to hear Nicolas Cage doing a look at here see yeah. kind of a voice and I'm, I'm in I'm absolutely in on that um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Tony Erdman remember him
0: yeah, isn't Tony Edmund going to be Jan Nicholson? Not anymore, he's not. Oh, that no. sucks. oh So that three-hour
1: German comedy, which was brilliant, by the way. I say that again. That three-hour German, German comedy, comedy that was brilliant, um, that's being remade by Paramount for US audiences. Uh, Jack Nicholson has dropped out of it. I didn't realise as well that Lena Dunham and Jen, uh, Jenny Kowa, who makes uh, Orange is the New Black and Weed, mm. I didn't realise they dropped out of writing the script as well. Oh. So, so this is just, Kristen Wigg just being like, hi. Kristen Wigg's still attached. Um, the director of The Kids Are All Right. Remember that one, the Mark Ruffalo? I loved that film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa Cholodenko, uh, who directed that. She has boarded the film to direct. But, uh. When are they gonna get as the... The prevailing theory is that Chudlenko will step in some of writing capacity as well. Um, okay. Although that isn't confirmed, but... Uh, Get John Lithgow. Yeah, well, John lithgow making an amazing Tony yeah. Erdman. Yeah. You know, of course, who the role of Tony Urban was clearly designed and destined for? Alfred Molina. Well, I was going to go with Gary Busey, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, even if you look
0: at the poster, you just think Gary Busey. Could totally yeah, Gary Busey, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife discovered that Gary Busey at one point was a legitimately incredible actor. Yeah, he was. Like she, she didn't know about uh, uh, Buddy Holly. She had no idea about Oh it. no, not really. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have you ever
1: seen his reality TV show? No, I've not. Right, okay. Before we knew that Gary Busey was insane, um, he he was just an actor. Yeah. And I think at that point, the most recent big name thing he'd starred in was it was the movie Soldier, directed by Paul W S Anderson. You know the Kurt Russell one. I'm aware. Yeah. Of this one. I yeah. love that movie. I'm such a fan of that movie. Also, how weird is it that stars Vic Mackey from The Shield? Mm like Michael Chiklis is in that movie. <laughs> and also, it's one of the few movies that uh, features both Jason Isaacs and Sean Pertwee. And <laughs> when you get those two together, magic. <laughs> just go look at Event Horizon. You know, yeah. I ta- you know I speak truth. Anyway, um so Gary Busey started this TV show about 2002. It was called I'm with Busey. And it's it's it starred a sort of aspiring comedian. I think his name was Adam Carolla. And, uh, yeah, certainly. there's another Corolla who's like more popular, right. but I think this is Adam Corolla. Um, he was a fan of Gary Busey all of his life. And then one day, I think it was Comedy Central, basically asked him to pitch a TV series. And he, just trying to pull something out of his ass, said, I want a series in which I follow around Gary Busey and learn life lessons from him. And they said, Absolutely brilliant. Can you bring Great. it in in 13 episodes? And he said, sure. They then took a camera... Cre- it, right. It, it, it would very, very quickly transpire that it was half scripted. And you could very easily tell which half was scripted. <laughs> so it turned out that Gary Busey is a maniac. That basically, they had given Gary Busey all of the sort of scripted questions and everything in advance, and then just allowed Gary Busey to come up with anything he wanted. Amazing. Right. This then goes to farcical pantomime like levels in which the world is simply Gary Busey's playset. There is a literal episode of this show in which the dude, the, the, the young sort of comedian, Carroll or whatever his, his name was, um, wants help picking up women and they do that thing where Gary Busey's in the restaurant with a walkie talkie and, and, and carroll has got yeah. a little earpiece on. And some of the things Gary Busey tells this kid to say to this woman just beggar belief and yeah they eat oysters together and he says one of the things you've got to do when you eat the oyster you got to leave some of the sauce on your chin so the other oysters know you appreciate them <laughs> <laughs> right shit like that okay and that is what watch. gary Busey. was, does. was, was it was it just for 13 episode was it just for one? just 13 episodes Right, the entire final episode just centres around what they did was they tried to set up a rivalry between Andy Dick and Gary Busey and they scripted Andy Dick, which was the big mistake because Mm. when Gary Busey improvs against Andy Dick, it's magic. If Andy Dick could improv back, it would be even better, better, but it doesn't quite work. It's insane. It's Gary Busey defines TRY as being an, an, an acronym of tomorrow's really yesterday. Yeah, just honestly, just shit those kind of life lessons. Those kind of life lessons. Gary Busey is insane. The very Jeez. first time he meets Gary Busey, he's on his porch, stood up on a wooden railing so he could basically fall to his death, playing with one of those wooden rainstick things. Yeah, yeah. The man is just not in, not in any way same. I, I must view this I, show. I, I love him to death. I, I do dream one day mm. of getting a tattoo of Gary Busey's smiling face on one of my ass cheeks. Yeah. But, uh, not even kidding. It's been a dream of mine for years. I have a special, special cartoon of Gary Busey with um, a cigar. Gary Busey came up with one of my favorite tweets I've ever seen
0: ever. Um, it was, uh, when the Oscars were on a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, it was when the fighter was out and, then... Yeah. Um, What's what's Michael Douglas's dad called? Why is it just Kirk Douglas? Curtis, hell. <laughs> Kirk Douglas. Funny. Douglas was out and he was presenting an award and he looked super frail and he had like a cane <laughs> and stuff and go Gaffney put uh, the award for uh, uh, best supporting of an actor goes to Kirk Douglas's cane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish that Gary Busey would be a really good Trump for a movie. Be amazing. He would be an amazing yeah. Donald Trump. And he knows him as well. Does he actually know him? Oh, my gosh. He's got he to know him. Oh, no, didn't they do Celebrity Apprentice? Yeah. Of course of they course. did. Because yeah. Gary Busey hates meatloaf. That's a thing. That's a thing. That is a beef. I mean, that's a season of Feud I would absolutely watch, by the way. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it's not quite. It's not Baby Jane, but... Uh, Do you know what the next season of Feud is? They've cancelled it, The not uh, Oh, have they? The Diana Charles one. Oh, yeah. The, really. They've cancelled it, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, the Diana Charles one has been scrapped. Why? That
0: would have so, been
1: awesome. I don't know. I think... they have got to the casting part of it as well. I think... I, got, I think one of life. the rumours, I think, was that it had to do with the fact that The Crown is so successful now. And that's going to get to that And that's point. just going just, just gonna to do it. But, you know, like, oh, what? Man, it's like that Danny Boyle series, Trust, Trust they're advertising yeah, yeah. on BBC One. I mean, we knew about that before All the Money in the World had mm-hmm. its incidents. You know, when it had to recast Christopher Plummer as Christopher Plummer. Yeah, but Trust yeah. just got Donald Subland and, I mean, who's going to fall it.
0: out of love with Donald Subland? No one. <laughs> no one.
1: Yeah. The man's a national treasure, goddammit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, by the way, I was watching a movie and there was some dude in it that I just thought, <laughs> "What a knob!" And then uh, I, I actually looked it up on the. I was looking at the some some other was in the film. Yeah. And I noticed that person who I'd said, <laughs> "What a knob," was uh, Donald Sutherland's Canadian son, who we interviewed that time. Oh, what was he called? Oh, was his name like uh, Roe? Oh man, I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, I forget. It began with an R, but it's like a French name, isn't it? Yes. And he was. Well, we can't make sort of accusations. but We can just say that he did not seem in an altogether present state of mind when we when we spoke to him. No, should we just say that? I, I would, I would go there. Yeah, yeah, I, I would go with that. He didn't seem mentally present. Yeah, I mean, or to put it another way, I was one of the soberer people in the conversation, and it's very rare I get to say that. So, Donald Sutherland here. He is. Did you know? Apparently, Donald Sutherland is listed on IMDb as the star of the Hunger Games: Catching Fire. Really? Yeah, and not, not you know, know, that. Don't look now, or <laughs> none of that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ridiculous, <laughs> right? Here we are. Here we are. What's his name? What's his name? What was the dude's name? His son, Rafe? Reef. No, I don't know. Come on, this is a long. It was in. It was in rain, wasn't it? show. Sure. In, in rain, rain. Oh, the the thing he won. The I don't know. Oh, C C W share. Oh, the the the. not the, 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 the Mary Queen of Scots, is he? Where is Rain about? All I know is it stars the hottie from uh, uh, Tomorrow When the War Began. I cannot find... Oh, that title. I forgot about that, yeah. They made a TV series adaptation of it as well. Didn't they? Like a massive mega-budget Australian TV version. And, uh, yeah. Are you looking up? I'm with Busey on the TV. You know I am. I cannot find a copy of of this kid's name. Uh, It's escaped me. Oh, man. Oh, okay, well, just he has a French cater Oh my god, the episodes are on YouTube. I'm yeah. with Busey. Episode one, two, and three. Oh. Brilliant. Okay, there you go. Apparently, episodes one through thirteen are all on YouTube. So check out I'm with Busey. It's hilarious. Gary Busey is insane. This is my Thursday sorted. On which note should we should we call it for a week then? I think we should. On which note, here it is. Your moment of cage.
0: Hey, I know you. Your great great grandfather killed President Lincoln.
1: No. That would be John Wilkes Booth.
0: Eisenschimmel says that Booth was just a tool in a greater conspiracy that involved men in Lincoln's own cabin. Absurd. Eisenschimmel's book is filled with spotty research and false assumptions.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do you explain why Lincoln's bodyguard left his post that night?
0: Because President Lincoln was never accompanied by guards when attending the theater. Are you listening? Especially on Good Friday.
1: How do you explain why all the bridges out of Washington were closed? Except one. The one boot
0: needed to escape. Okay, run along now, you impossible child. Run along.